All right, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Wiz, it feels like we have just ended the... Actually, we probably did end the longest week in NFL history when you think about it. We started on Thanksgiving and we finished on Wednesday afternoon with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the and the Baltimore Ravens. Just a absolutely crazy, crazy week. Yeah, I mean, uh, the game got postponed, let's see, from Thursday to Sunday, from Sunday to Tuesday and Tuesday to Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, but you got to give it to the NFL. It's been 12 weeks and hasn't been one game that's been canceled. I mean, they've postponed uh, a game earlier this year, but, you know, they keep rolling on. And uh, what you can do is keep fingers crossed that uh, that stays the case uh, going forward. Yeah, and I think uh, it looks like I think most of the, as far as I said, read last, that the Baltimore and Pittsburgh players came away from that last game unscathed. I haven't read too much in the last 24 hours about any any significant pickup in cases. Uh, I think the restrictions on the teams are, are a bit tighter right now, uh, and certainly in the NFL is, is trying to push on here. And and for everybody that's listening, you know, this is all about coming as the fantasy playoffs are about to begin, you know, there are so many contingency plans. I mean, forget it. Normally you'd be dealing with the injuries uh, already of a long season, but now you add this dimension of, of COVID into it and it's a whole nother level of complication. Yeah. I mean, um, it could get a little dicey here these next few weeks, you know, especially, you know, uh, we're heading into week 13, and then, you know, so far, it, it's still a little early, but it, it looks good for 13. But, you know, the fantasy football playoffs uh, in, in in the vast majority of leagues are weeks 14, 15, and 16. And uh, um, I hate to say it like this, but I don't think the NFL really cares about <laughs> fantasy football in terms of like how it's going to affect it. I think like if they got to cancel games and move it to a week 18, they'll, they'll, they'll do that. So um, if you have uh, a couple of players on the same team and, uh, <laughs> and that team gets a COVID issue, it could be something that could really, really affect uh you know, the chances of uh, in the fantasy football playoffs, which would which would be disappointing. Well, hopefully people don't make the error that a couple of people that we know made. Um, and, you know, I, and by the way, I saw a lot of pundits actually suggesting this and it was really concerning to me. So we had a situation and we're going to do we're covering the AFC right now. So we're going to get into it. We had a situation where the Denver Broncos were left without a real quarterback on their roster. And we found out that that day they were going to bring up a, a guy from the practice squad who was listed as a receiver. His name was Kendall Hinton. And this is a player that they were going to roll out against one of the top defense in the league, a defense that completely turned Tom Brady on his head a few weeks prior. And this is a guy who was not a good quarterback at Wake Forest. And there were people out there suggesting to play this player at receiver. You'll get you'll get another quarterback and stuff like that. And what a disaster that turned out to be was for the Denver Broncos, who, you know, a lot of people complained, why were they out there? What happened? But you know what? The team broke protocol. But I think people will learn their lessons from jumping to such a stupid conclusion that that guy, Kendall Hinton, who probably will never play an NFL snap again, and I give the young man credit for going into the game, but holy cow, was that the most crazy thing that you've seen in a long time in terms of fantasy? Yeah, I mean, I understand, you know, the people who are getting on Roger Goodell in the NFL 
saying, you know, you know, the you know, it, the, the the league lost competitive balance by, you know, their four quarterbacks all being out and having to, you know, start basically uh uh, a quarterback turn receiver uh, quarterback and have to start him in the NFL game. But, you know, this is a crazy season and some NFL teams are kind of like being smart and they have like a quarterback who's not with the team on standby, ready to go. And, uh, you know, this is something that you just can't predict. And uh, in that type of situation, you have to, kind of be prepared for every kind of situation. And uh, and like you said, Denver broke protocol, and uh, they had no other choice, uh, you know, except to do that. And uh, it, it was it was disastrous. Yeah, you know, hopefully they get – it sounds like they're going to get Drew Locke back. They'll get some of their offensive players back. They won't have – it looks like Philip Lindsay might not play in this particular game. So that's something that has to be watched. One guy who, who was inserted into the lineup, and, and I guess because of injuries there, ended up being a – huge factor in, in the game in his first game back and that was Austin Eckler um, and he had a monster monster game in his first game back now I don't know that they're going to give him that kind of workload week in and week out but he was a big factor in that game do you think that was just a byproduct of you know no Kalen Balazs or, or or is this what you expect of Eckler kind of moving down the road here uh, as we head into the uh, fantasy playoffs yeah, I don't think that was their plan was to give him so much volume, but they kind of found themselves in this kind of crazy game where they were in catch up and he was throwing the ball to him a lot and you know, there was no barrage in the game. So yeah, I mean I, I think it was one of those things that they didn't plan that to be the case, but it ended up being the case and it appears that he you know, he made it through the game okay and uh yeah, I expect um the volume to, to, to continue really. I mean, I just think like they've kind of lost, you know, confidence in Joshua Kelly and, uh, and Pope and it's kind of going to be Eckler and Blage, uh, you know, the rest of the way. And now I just want to move to another team in the AFC West and that's the Las Vegas Raiders because I'll tell you, it was the last thing that I saw coming. Now, I, I did mention that, that the Atlanta Falcons were, were playing better football, uh, and, they, and they've definitely been a more challenging opponent. And here is Las Vegas Raiders going into Atlanta, a defense that's been kind of just been poured on all year long. And, and that defensive effort that the Falcons put out, uh, and no Julio Jones in this game, they em- absolutely embarrassed the Las Vegas Raiders. It, it was not an easy travel time. You know, they, they, the Raiders traveled across the country, but they absolutely made mincemeat out of this Raider team. And, you know, right now the Raiders who look like a, a sure playoff team come into a game this week, uh, very hobbled, very beaten, and need to bounce back from that because they just absolutely got their heads handed to them against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, fortunately, they have the Jets on the schedule this week. But, you know, we've talked about this offense a while now. They're going to be without Josh Jacobs this week. So I'm curious to see how you think that kind of plays out. But I just feel like this offense on the, on the passing game has been unable to, to get kick-started, you know, in a, in a consistent fashion. And this was just a disaster of a game from the get-go for the Raiders. Yeah, it really was, and uh, Jacobs has been ruled out already for this week against the Jets, and apparently he's going to miss some time with that ankle sprain. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the standings right now, and uh, yeah, I would say the, <clears throat> the Raiders are on the uh, outside looking in right now. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they should win this game at the Jets. Nothing's a given, especially when you're traveling and making that trip to the East Coast. But, you know, if you just look, you know, Kansas City's got that division wrapped up and the Titans and the Colts and the Steelers and the Browns and the Ravens get Lamar Jackson back and the Bills and the Dolphins. I mean, it's going, it's going to be difficult. I mean, the, the Raiders are going to have to finish the season up very, very strongly to have a chance, but I, I guess they, I guess they can do it. But uh, right now, I would say that they're much more likely that they're not going to make the players than they are. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of hard to believe the way things have come unraveled here. But you know, they're lucky, like I said, that they have the Jets on the schedule. Um, you know, kind of running out of superlatives to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you talked about this. Uh, probably about three or four weeks ago about Pat Mahomes, you know, don't give up on him as a potential uh, MVP candidate. And, you know, you, you look at Russell Wilson and, and Patrick Mahomes, they've gone in completely opposite directions since you've started talking about that. So Mahomes, could, I, I thought he was going to throw for 600. I think I mentioned that the other day. But, um, you know, the one thing to watch in this particular game is is if there's no Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was sick again today. He missed practice. So it'll be interesting to see if he does play on Sunday. Um, but but right now, that is a well-oiled machine in Kansas City. There's really nothing negative to say. Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, it is just a beautiful thing to watch week in and week out. Yeah, I know the Steelers are 11-0, and and I know you know people are high on the Bills and the Dolphins, and <clears throat> people are all fired up about the Titans with Derrick Henry, and... Then you know, and then the Browns, you know, some excitement that for you know, first time in forever they're gonna be in the playoffs, and you know, they're eight and three. But honestly, when I look at the teams in the NFL, and you know, including all of those teams in the AFC, and they're they're good teams, like the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins in the East. They're two good football teams. The Steelers, they have a, a terrific defense. And the Browns with that running game. And the Titans with their running game. The Colts have a good defense, even though they got lit up last week by the Titans. But honestly, when I watch it, when you just watch them play, everyone else is playing checkers and the Chiefs are playing chess. I mean, they're just on a different level. I mean, they're just doing what they want, when they want, where they want. They're they're going up against these elite teams. They're having these games like they're like they're playing in Central Park, where like, like they're designing plays and saying, "Yeah, let's give this a shot. Let's see if this works. Let's 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 roll Mahomes this way, then let him come back. Let me pitch it to Hill. He'll pitch it to Kelsey. Kelsey will throw it to Mahomes. Let's see if that works. If not, we'll go. You know, we'll draw another one up in the in the in the in the dirt, I mean, they're just on a different level. And uh, I know, like, the Steelers are 11-0, but the Steelers are going to have to do a lot better than 19 points against the depleted Ravens team to compete against Kansas City. When you play Kansas City, you have to realize that you are going to have to score between 30 and 40 points uh, to be in the game at the end of the game, at, you know, with two minutes ago in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great segue. Uh, I do want to talk about the Steelers here. So, yeah, it was kind of a dink and dunk fest. I, you know, I know that the catch, uh, the amount of catches that the receivers had was impressive, but very low yardage. Ben Roethlisberger was just kind of dropping balls down. He did try a couple of long passes in the game that, that kind of got broken up, but I didn't. it was just a dink and dunk fest, and, and I don't think you could do that against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the biggest thing that happened in that game against the Ravens is, is, the, is the Steelers have now lost a 
the second key defender in Bud Dupree going out of that game with an LCL tear as well. Something to watch for the Steelers defense, which has been one of the better defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL this year. Losing Dupree will certainly impact how that how that defense plays kind of moving through the playoffs. Yeah, now without Dupree, you could kind of slide your protection over um, and, and and really just worry about T.J. Watt and then let the other guys. I mean, it's not like they don't have good other good players. They do. It just, you know, makes it a little bit more difficult. And if you're playing Kansas City and you're giving Pat Mahomes uh, time, that usually means that your defense is lining up against an extra point. Yeah, and you know, again, this is a strong defense. They have other good players, as you mentioned, but this team has to score. You know, against against the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to have to score a lot of points. And you know, at this point, do, do they do they actually the Steelers and Chiefs play each other at all to finish out the season? I don't think they do, right? So you know, if they do finish tied, it's going to come down to uh, conference record would be the will be the first tie. I think Kansas City still has to go to uh, and play at the Saints. Um, to play at the Saints this year, so I think they still have a tough game. But honestly, unless it's like, uh, you know, (laughs) like 10 below and it's, you know, tremendous wind conditions, I don't think Kansas City really cares uh, where where they're playing and, you know, where they're not. And uh, just looking at uh, the rest of the schedule for Kansas City this week at home to Broncos, at the Dolphins, at the Saints – home to the Falcons and home to the Chargers. And, yeah, I mean, besides that game at the Saints, I'd be shocked if uh, Kansas City finishes the season with more than one or two losses. But, you know, I don't think it really – I don't think they really care, to be honest with you. I think when you watch Pittsburgh play, that offense has got to be more potent, more threatening down the field, and and realize they're going to have to be in a shootout to be Kansas City. And uh, I just don't know if they're capable of it. And Pittsburgh's got, I think, three interesting games coming towards the end of the season where they play the Colts, they play the Bills, and the last, in Week 17, they will play against the Cleveland Browns. So let's see what happens there. One guy who lifted himself off the back of a milk carton this week on, on a lucky play was was Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's been a huge disappointment in fantasy. Um, you know, lucky touchdown. I actually lost the game uh, on that touchdown. I had the Steelers' defense, and their, and their point and yardage total uh, went a little bit too high for me to kind of pull out a victory. But, you know, Hollywood Brown is, is a player who we, you know, at least I had some higher expectations on coming into the year. Uh, you know, is it they have to get that player more involved. They have to get this passing game more involved beyond Mark Andrews. You know, again, they didn't have Lamar Jackson. I just read where uh, Robert Griffin's going to be out now with injury. So I don't know if it's going to be Trace McSorley or if it's going to be Lamar Jackson next, next Monday night against the Cowboys. But I know what they do have to do is they have to get that passing game going a little bit more. Yeah, I think they have to try and get Devin DuVernay more involved in the offense. And they just haven't been very creative in where they use them. I mean, the, the guy can be used as a running back out of the backfield. I haven't seen him run any plays where he's lined up in the backfield. Been kind of like, I don't know, predictable. And they, they have to get chunk plays and uh, through the passing game. And I, I just think like... Again, I'm just sticking with Duvernay as a guy that I think his potential has not been utilized, and uh, I don't know what the plans are down the stretch, but um, 
the Ravens just are not threatening teams down the field with the with the passing game, and they're kind of like putting uh, an umbrella defense around Lamar Jackson and saying, okay, you know, we're just not going to let you get to the outside and run. You want to stand back there and beat us throwing the ball out of the pocket and go right ahead. And, uh, it just hasn't worked out so far for them, but uh, yeah, Duvernay is one of the players that could threaten an opposing defense, and uh, I just think if they're going to be successful, he's going to have to become a bigger part of the offense. All right, uh, talking about a big part of the offense uh, for fan, from a fantasy perspective, I'm kind of we're going to move over to the Houston Texans. And big news came out where Will Fuller, who's had a tremendous year and he's really helped he's really helped this team out over the last few weeks, but he tests positive for Peds uh, and he'll be out for the remainder of the season. So, Wiz, how do you think this impacts the offense of the Texans, who already basically have no running game, even when David Johnson was there? David Johnson should be coming back. Where do you see, you know, again, you're not going to get that type of downfield presence that Will Fuller gives you. How do you think this impacts the passing game, uh, in particular for the Houston Texans, as we kind of move through through the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. I mean, Cooks is a good receiver, but he's not Will Fuller. Kiki Kute is going to get in there, but he's not Brandon Cooks. And, you know, uh, they're going to, I, I see that, you know, they're going to talking about Aikens, uh, you know, more in the slot. But, you know, if, if there are, you know, when you lose a player like that, who everyone else can kind of play their role, um, and then now he's not there and everyone else has to kind of like switch gears and, and step up and play a different role than they've been playing, you know, is going to they're going to take a hit offensively. I just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they plan on playing Duke Johnson and David Johnson together and uh, and throwing the ball a little bit more out of the backfield. Duke Johnson on Thanksgiving showed that he is a tremendous receiver out of the backfield and uh, caught a pretty long touchdown pass in that game. So maybe they'll utilize both players on the field at the same time. But to answer your question, yeah, I think um, it's going to affect them um, a lot going uh, down the stretch here. Uh, would you take a shot if you were kind of short for injuries on receivers? Is, is is Isaiah Coulter a name that you would actually take a shot on? Yeah, I think he's going to get in there. But, I, you know, I just think, like, you know, I'm just not sure, you know, what usage is going to be on the player. I mean, uh, I don't know if Texans are capable of going into – 12 personnel a little bit more. Uh, I guess that could happen. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know, um, you know, how it's going to affect. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Cooks is going to get a lot of targets, but you know, that means without Fuller, there's going to be a lot more attention paid to him. Uh, and in the past, he hasn't excelled in that in that kind of a role. So I think he'll get a lot of targets. And, you know, Deshaun Watson has been fantastic. And, like, the kind of shackles have been off him since O'Brien's been out of there. But, yeah, I'm a little dubious of um, of, of of that offense uh, without Will Fuller, to be honest with you. All right, one one thing that uh, that has been extremely consistent in this division, uh, and he's a rookie, and he was an undrafted rookie, but it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. It doesn't matter what the opponent is. James Robinson has been consistent no matter who the opponent, like I said, has been and who, who has been playing quarterback for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's quite an amazing story. He, he's actually on his way to having one of the greatest seasons in fantasy for a non-drafted player that, that we've seen ever. Um 
you know, I'm just completely blown away by how this player has kind of developed. You know, there's really not a lot of other guys there. There is, you know, Chris Thompson's been out for a while. Divine Ozingbo has not been available. But James Robinson has been as consistent a fantasy football player as we have seen all year long. I'm not trying to jinx the player. I know you own him. I own him in a, in a league as well. But I've not seen a more consistent player week in and week out than James Robinson. Yeah, what I like most about James Robinson is how understated he is. He's a humble guy. Uh, Obviously, he wasn't one of these first-round picks, and, you know, he doesn't go crazy with his spikes. He just flips the ball to the ref or gives the ball to his offensive lineman. Um, And it looks like the Jags love him. Their offensive line loves him. That run where he had, like, a three-yard touchdown run, I think it was, and and the offensive lineman just pushed uh, push the your Browns defensive line literally from like the three yard line five yards deep into the end zone was uh, was really terrific to see and uh, he's got like some Nick Chubb in him where he does a lot of good things on the field that like you kind of don't notice because he's not one of these me 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 guys uh, he's one of these team 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 guys and uh, that's really what I most like about James Robinson I'm really happy that uh, that he's doing well. All right, I want to, I want to move to the AFC East and 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 I'm going to declare that I think Cam Newton's career as a quarterback is pretty much close to done. I watched a few throws that he made in that game. I don't know if people are actually starting Cam at, at uh, as a starting quarterback in fantasy. Yes, you get the running advantage, but I would say as a passer, Cam Newton is is done as a football player. Am I being too aggressive in that uh, in that opinion? No, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think there was a reason that, like, Carolina said, okay, you know, we'll, you know, thanks for everything you've done, but we're just going to move on. And I don't know, I guess there was a lot of film on him and maybe other teams were a little uh, concerned as well. And the Patriots, after losing it, you know, and not doing anything to try and get any backup or any player in the free agent market, just kind of like said, okay, let's take a last chance here on uh, on Cam Newton. And, you know, the Patriots are hanging in there. I've got to give them credit to win that game against Arizona. Arizona has a much, much better roster than the Patriots, but the Patriots hung in there and won that game. And, um, and uh, you got to give them credit. They're hanging in there by a thread. But, uh, you know, I think um, – I, I kind of agree with you, and I think, uh, to be honest, I think Cam Newton is going to have difficulty finding work next season. Yeah, it's it just does it doesn't look pretty, and uh, I mean Cam Newton looks pretty uh, certainly in those press conferences, but his passing game uh, does not look pretty. Um, all right, so l- let's move to the Bills, and, and I, I kind of talked about this a little bit last week. I thought they would start to establish the run a little bit more, and, and they actually did in this ball. And now, granted, Josh Allen actually ran it nine times, uh, but they got they split the carries pretty evenly between Singletary and Zach Moss. Actually, Singletary actually had the better production game, uh, but I was impressed with that. Even more so, I think the the one guy that I came away most impressed with in this game, and if he's available on waiver wires, and I, he's a guy that I would suggest. To, uh, as a filler, especially with John Brown out, and if you lost Will Fuller, I think Gabriel Davis is a guy that you, if he's on a wave of wire, I think you should think about picking that player up. He looks like he will make an impact with, as long as John Brown remains out. Uh, I know you like the player as well, and you know I know he had a couple of inconsistent games early in the year, 
But, you know, he looked at him a bunch of times. Actually, he missed him on another touchdown. He should have he, he should have had another touchdown in this game. But Gabriel Davis looks like he's a player that you might need on your team as a result of, you know, some of the losses that are out there or injuries. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I like Gabriel Davis. I mean, I think the Bills are kind of like a forgotten team in the AFC. Uh, you know, everyone is talking kind of like Chiefs and, and, and Steelers is the top two. And, you know, I guess rightfully so record-wise. And now, you know, everybody's getting on the Titans and Derrick Henry. And I, and I get that. But I think this is what kind of Buffalo likes. Like, they're just completely going under the radar, uh, winning games. Um, and, um, and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're playing well. And uh, Josh Allen is playing a lot better than I thought he was capable of. Now, that being said, he still makes about three throws a game that I'm thinking, okay, maybe at home against the Chargers, he could get away with this, but is he going to get away with it at Kansas City, at Pittsburgh, against the Titans? I'm a little worried about that. So if he could just stay away from the big mistake, I think Buffalo with the exception of Kansas City, can beat any team in the AFC. So um, I like them, and, uh, and yeah, they, they, get, they have a solid all-around team. And, uh, and um, if they, their defense can step up and play better than they have in the first half, um, yeah, I think, I think Buffalo can, can, can make some noise in the playoffs. Um, let me ask you this, Wiz. Um, you know, Devontae Parker had a, had a pretty big game, again, going against the Jets, not exactly uh, a strong defense. But it just seems that connection with him and Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is, is such a solid one, building on what they did last year. And he, he had a monster game the other night. Is, is Devontae Parker a much more effective quarterback, uh, uh, fantasy play with Fitzpatrick a quarterback as opposed to Tua? 100%. Uh, I mean, it's very simple. If you wake up at 11.30 or you're looking at 11.30 and you see Fitzpatrick is a starter, Devontae Parker is a must-start in all formats. If you see Tua as, the, Tua as the starter, you have to just take pause and then look at your other options, the disparity between the two. And look, this is now two full years of reps between you know, Fitzpatrick and Parker and the connection is good. And moreover, you know, a veteran quarterback understands something maybe that a rookie quarterback doesn't is that even when you have a good receiver and he's covered, you throw too many out. Tua, a lot of times, looks at it and will say, okay, I can get more yards using my legs or I can make a bigger play somewhere else. So that's kind of the difference between like a real veteran quarterback and a rookie quarterback is when you have an elite receiver, I wouldn't say Parker's elite. I'll say he's a very good receiver. Even when he's covered, you still throw it to him anyhow. And I think Fitzpatrick understands that. And it will take time to understand that. But he doesn't at the moment. So absolute must start with Fitzpatrick. And it's difficult without Fitzpatrick. It's kind of like you got to look at your options. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you there. Now, their opponent from the other day, uh, the New York Jets, who most likely will not win a football game. Uh, each and every press conference when it comes to Adam Gase gets more and more confusing. I can't wait till we don't see his face again. Uh, hopefully we never see his face on an NFL sideline again because I think he's just just incapable of uh, of any any kind of success. I just 
it's I think he's just gone the wrong way really quickly. Uh, but the Jets is is it crazy to suggest that there's a few of these Jet players as we wind down the season here that actually could help out because there, there's a lot of them between Mims, Perryman, and Frank Gore sitting on waiver wires. Again, we know there's not a lot of confidence confidence in the Jet offense, but could any of these players kind of help as we kind of wind down the season? I mean, look, Frank Frank Gore touched the ball 21 times. I think Perryman's had solid efforts three weeks in a row Mims the same thing are, are jet offensive players worthy of a pickup if they're sitting on the waiver wire right now yeah there's one that stands out above all the others to me and that is Denzel Mims you know he missed the preseason so now we're in week 12 or 13 he missed some games at the start of the season this would be like in a normal season just kind of like finishing up preseason action, his first couple of games. I love what I'm seeing out of Denzel Mims. I loved him coming out of college. I thought he was first-round talent. Um, and I just think, like, he got eight targets last week. He was 4 for 67. And I know Perriman's played well, and Crowder is a good slot player. And I know Frank was getting a lot of volume. But if there's one player in the Jets that can make you a fantasy football champion in some of these playoff weeks, it's Denzel Mims. I, I think he's capable in the right game of going bananas and uh, and getting a lot of balls thrown to him and having a big game. I just I love what I see out of him. And, uh, boy, oh, boy, if they get Trevor Lawrence, look out. Yeah, and, and look, the Jets are probably going to be playing from behind. They do have a couple of interesting opponents. They play in Seattle in week 14. The Seattle defense is improving. They are going against their former teammate, Jamal Adams. The tough Ram defense, that's who they visit um, on, on the 20th of December. And then they play the Cleveland Browns at home in week number 16. So for the fantasy playoffs, I think you'll you'll find themselves behind in, on virtually every game as a result. So I think uh, taking a shot at some of these Jet players uh, you know, might, be, might totally be worth it as as we as we wind down, as you and you're looking for some replacement players, so that's all I have to yeah, add. Go ahead, my sir. My only concern about that is I, the the one thing I would say is I'm not quite sure Sam Donald's going to finish the season. Um, and then you're talking like Flacco, and I know he's had some good games, but I think Sam Donald's trying to gut this out, and he's playing banged up, and I think he takes one more big hit. And he's forced to miss some game time. I just think the Jets are going to shut him down uh, for the season. So I would put it at less than 50-50 that Sam Donald doesn't make it through the season. And then, like I said, Joe Flacco's had some good games, especially with Perriman. But he doesn't have the mobility and he can't extend plays. So I'd be a little worried about that. That would be my one concern about you know, Perriman, Mims, and, and Crowder, you know, in the fantasy football playoffs is that, that Sam Donald's not going to make it through the year. Yeah, as you mentioned, Flacco had one, I think, one game where he actually showed a little bit of life, but otherwise it's been very inconsistent. So, yeah, you got to feel for Sam Donald, and, you know, he's not exactly been given an easy situation to play with. Um, but you know his his tenure in New York actually could could be coming to an end where they you know they don't they don't pick up that option and end up picking Trevor Lawrence first in the upcoming draft. So there's a lot there's a lot to be told in that Jet saga still a lot to be told. Yeah, I mean uh, you know listen, <clears throat> I would not be surprised if you saw Sam Donald end up with a team like on the Saints. 
right, where the same thing has happened last year with Bridgewater, this year with Winston. Maybe it'll be Sam Donald, right? The guy could get around offenses and offensive coaches who really know the game and can teach him. And <clears throat> signing a one-year deal with one of those teams, like like the Saints to be a backup, is probably going to be the best thing for his career. It, it was the best thing for Teddy Bridgewater. It may very well be the same for James Winston. And I think it, there's nothing wrong with Sam Donald at his age to follow that path and, uh, and do that. I, I just think you're better off doing that than being signed by a Another bad football team that can't protect you and and having to deal with that. All right, good stuff. So uh, that's all I have to add in the AFC. Any, any anything that I kind of missed or anything other points that you you wanted to make up uh, as far as uh, the AFC teams go? No, I think uh, I think we I think we covered it. Uh, you know, I think um, the one team that we really didn't talk about, uh, the Colts. Uh, they've been so up and down when you think, you know, that 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 series with the Titans where they went into Tennessee and they kind of dominated the game, and then Tennessee said enough of that, and I kind of predicted that uh, getting three points in that game. The line looked a little strange to me, and Tennessee gave them an old-fashioned whooping. Uh, so we'll see. They get Jonathan Taylor back this week, so we'll see if we get that running game going against the uh, Texans. It's a pretty good matchup for the Colts, but um, that's the interesting team because there's a lot of talent there, but there's also a lot of inconsistency as well. Absolutely, Wiz. All right, good. So that's the wrap-up, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, the AFC. We'll be right back to you with the NFC recap of Week 12. See you in a bit, guys. <laughs>